there and welcome to the T21 Mom Podcast and this is episode 19. My name is Mary and I'll be your host. Each episode we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting and pretty much everything in between. As you probably all know, I have a daughter named Ainsley and she's six years old and she's rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I'm living life my way. And as always, my friend Ron joins me and we are going to have a discussion today. Yeah, and today's discussion is, it's a bit deeper than our regular discussions. I think because so. Because mm-hmm. we have to bring in some outsiders into the emotional milieu of being a special needs uh, mom mm-hmm. and how to build the foundation for a life with other people helping you. That's right. What does that look like for you? You mean like my village? Your village, your tribe, your, you know, your support shoulders, your joy jumpers, your whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them? Well, you know, it actually changes over time. When Ainsley was a baby, obviously you're kind of more overwhelmed with just everything involved, like just being a new mom, first of all. Like, getting I, through the day. Yes, getting through the day. You know, I... There's I, no planning. There's just just surviving (laughs) pretty much at that right foot left foot right foot left foot yeah and you know and I think it's okay that it changes over time like your village and your tribe because you know there's different seasons in life and you know that's what I found when Ainsley when I found out that Ainsley had Down syndrome as I've mentioned in previous episodes you know I had a small group of friends and mostly co-workers because that's who I was seeing on a daily basis who really rallied around me let's do a shout out for them Oh my gosh, there's, well, Trish, I have mentioned, and, you know, Lizzie, she was a big part, and Nina at work, and, you know, and Christine, those were kind of the main people at work who who were there for me. I mean, there was also others as well, you know, and Christine came to many of my appointments with me, as did uh, Trish and Marcy, but we don't, I don't work with Marcy. But, you know, I also had some other friends outside of work, you know, again, like Marcy and Jill, but some of my other friends who I've grown up with, and I actually had two single mom friends who I, cause I didn't know anybody else who was a single mom and they kind of taught me what I can do and how I can do it. You know, even though Ainsley had an extra chromosome. From that small group, mm-hmm. the village grew. Yes. And it kind of ebbs and flows over time. And my hope is that everyone has at least one person that they can really rely on, you know, kind of outside of maybe their immediate family, like, you know, their partner or their family, because I think you sometimes need someone sort of outside of that circle that you can just talk to that who will lend an ear or, you know, just, you know, sometimes that you just need to have a good cry. Well, inside the family group, there's always the family stuff. Yeah. Right? So you need to be able to break out of that mm-hmm. into because you can't talk about family with family <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's right you know and sometimes you just need you need like because they're with you on pretty much on a daily basis so you kind of sometimes they just need a break from that daily grind as well because before Dennis uh, you know I really relied heavily on my family especially when Ainsley was a baby and you know a small group of friends and as Brian Donovan said in a few episodes ago, you're in the trenches and you're just trying to survive. (laughs) (laughs) 
But at the time when Ainsley was a baby, because I was just, you know, a single mom, as I've previously mentioned, and I said I only had two friends who were single moms, both uh, Jennifer, Jen, which we both know. Yep. That's actually our a mutual del- friend. A, a wonderful human being. Yes. Yeah, for sure. She's one of my oldest friends. We grew up on the same street together. And, and also my friend Susan, or Sue as I always call her. I mean, neither of them live here anymore, but they showed me in ways that I could, I could do this that, you know, but I also could see that a single parent and forget about the special needs part. It's hard. And, you know, there's a lot of juggling and granted they're dealing with the emotions of their exes and things like that, which I didn't have, but you know, they also showed me that you can do it and you can persevere. It's going to be hard, but it's just like you said, one foot in front of the other, one one day at a time. It is it is hard. And Jen actually she came out when shortly after Ainsley was born, and she she came up. She's from back east, and she came. I think it was about a week or five days. I can't quite remember. And and she helped me out in the hospital. She wasn't in there like for twelve hours a day like Marcy was, but she was there helping me and guiding me because you know she she was a mom and she knew what it was like. And, you know, it's great. You need to have those people in your life. You know, they might not live here, but they're just a phone call away and to to lend a hand. And also, you know, my friend Sue, you know, she came down after, shortly after Ainsley was born. I think Ainsley was about two months. I remember picking her up at the airport and I think there might have even been snow on the ground. It was cold and it was actually a really emotional okay, time. Okay, it doesn't snow in Vancouver. But... Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it was just really emotional for her to come down. And I think she spent about five days and just kind of gave me a break from, you know, the grind of, of mamahood and just adjusting, really. And, you know, she's a nurse. And so she has that, you know, really caring side of her. And I do remember a story she had always told me, I think before Ainsley was born even, about when she was in nursing school about a little baby that had been born with Down syndrome and on in the hospital and the parents actually abandoned him and she would go in and spend some time with him knowing that he wasn't getting that one-on-one time and holding him and it's kind of heartbreaking to hear that but also knowing that there was someone else out there you know caring for him who who didn't know him or really know the parents or anything like that but the reality is is that happens for our kids and it's it's hard but you know and there's always two sides to that story of course you know I don't know the story about the parents or or what the deal was but obviously it was a birth diagnosis I would assume and you know and it's overwhelming and it's hard and you know I know it, it is it's not for everybody and I've had lots of people tell me saying I don't know how you do it but I always want to say you would do it if it was your child because you have a love for your child regardless and you will do whatever you can for your child. You'll move mountains and you just do it. Do you think that it's easier now being a single mother than certainly it was 20, 25 years ago? I th- I don't know, to be honest. I mean, Jen could actually speak to that. Right. But I think probably now because I think there's just a lot more resources like even just the online community is huge right like I've even found an online single mamas group that I've thought about joining you know I've 
heard about it and hemmed and hawed for well pretty much six years and I thought well why don't I just join and see if I can you know maybe get something out of it and meet some other single moms but obviously their journey is going to be a little bit different than mine also a lot of the challenges will be similar so we'll see I can report back okay <laughs> when you're when you were building your village were there was it just the people who reached out to you or did you actually reach out to people specifically to ask them for help you mean like when Ainsley was a baby more so then now like people who people who you knew were you know maybe knowledgeable in something you weren't Mm -hmm. did you spend like did you reach out to them and say listen can you advise me on this Mm -hmm. and then they became part of your village yeah yeah because I think your village has a lot of different people in it because there's going to be sort of more the inner village where people, you know, maybe mamas or even dads that are going through the same thing. But for example, like Jen, who we spoke to a couple episodes ago, our support worker, I would say she's part of our village because I go to her for a lot of advice. You know, she comes to the IEP meetings with me. You know, she got us in to see Brenda like she's that kind of support and then all of those people who are working with Ainsley they're also part of the tribe part of the village because they have the same you know interest in Ainsley they want to see her succeed you know so I think of them as part of our village as well I mean they're not there on a day-to-day basis but they're supporting Ainsley on so many different levels and obviously for me on a slightly different level I see that she's getting the required therapies that she needs so you know I think it's important to make sure that you have those people are good people on your team or in your village because that is what's going to help you be successful so these are not people who necessarily live in your tent but they may be two or three tents down the road exactly exactly using the village uh, scenario exactly yeah and you know, and as I've previously said is, you know, I, I feel we have a good team behind us, a good village because, but you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, we've changed, you know, I remember early on we were getting speech therapy, not through the DSRF, but through somewhere else. And I think in one year we had five speech therapists because they were just, you know, one went on maternity leave, another took parental leave, you know, so on for various reasons. So it's challenging, but you know, and sometimes it takes a while to get that village together, to grow that village, you know, to find good people on your team. I mean, I feel really lucky that we got Jen as our support worker. I mean, she just knows everybody. She knows how to work the system. She knows who to contact. So that that's a big part of our tribe, our team. We also see each other every week at swim physio. I mean, because her daughter's older but goes before Ainsley so it's nice to have that common interaction on a bit of a more of an adult level I guess you could say in your tribe your village did you have any issues revolving around trust and trust and betrayal in any way because sometimes that happens Mm -hmm. well not really or that I know of actually but when I found out that Ainsley had Down syndrome I was very selective in who I told because I didn't want, as I previously said, I, I, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me or I didn't want to hear them say, I'm sorry. I, I really did not want to hear that. I, 
really wanted them to be happy that I was having a child, a baby, and to be excited for me. So that's why I chose only to tell select people that I felt were good. Real, I kind of hate the term, but good secret keepers, you know, and who I could trust. And because once, you know, once you tell one person, it's really not a secret any longer. But I had to really trust these people, like my family, you know, my closer friends, Sue, Jill, Marcy, Maurice. Maurice grew up with Jennifer and I. You know, they all knew, and obviously my family knew. And then some of those people from work, they all knew. But that was it. I remember the, actually the day you told me mm-hmm. when you were pregnant. And it was like, oh, okay. And then it was like you said, and then we went into the discussion about the Down syndrome diagnosis. And it was a t- totally different conversation. And it was one of those rainy gray days we mm-hmm. get here. And it was mm-hmm. kind of like, and and to be honest, it was like, I have an under a small understanding of how what you went through because mm-hmm. it sort of hit me right between the eyes. I went, holy bananas <laughs> because it because it was a big deal mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know i remember walking away from that when we were having coffee i think it was a two-hour conversation mm-hmm. and it was like you know like you didn't know what to think you didn't know what mm-hmm. to do you didn't know how to offer help or you know mm-hmm. certainly no advice because i've never been in this world yeah so i'm wondering if anybody else in your that you had told expressed any reservations in their role or you know because that's part of building the tribe as you said who Mm -hmm. you can trust to keep secrets and yeah well and who you can trust to just trust with yourself yeah because you know because it's a pretty big deal you know that information is big and you know, I wanted Ainsley's birth to be a celebration about, and and Danielle from the Baskets of Love, she said it as well, is that his birth, we told people ahead of time, so that his birth could be a celebration. We were celebrating his birthday, not a diagnosis, not an extra chromosome, any of that. You know, and, you know, my aunt, and we had a recent conversation about it, as I had previously said, she said, Mary, it's going to be so hard. And, and yes, I I realized that I realized just being a single parent was going to be hard. And then you throw in the extra, you know, the diagnosis. And she said to me uh, a little while ago, she goes, I can't believe I said that. Like, why would I say that? I go, that's okay. You know, because that's the reality. It, it is going to be hard, but I never doubted her support for me or my family's support for me or my friend's support because I just wanted them to, because I knew that they supported me in my endeavor to have a child and also how much I wanted to have a child. So I think it's all in how you present it. And if you present it with doom and gloom and how sad and upset you are, and granted, we all have, we have our moments of, of it, I was devastated. You know, I was completely gutted when I found out that my one and only child will have Down syndrome. And as I've previously said, you just got to take that time and and get through it. And I'm sure everyone else, including yourself, you got to take that time to process it. I think it's in a different way because you're not the parent to to Ainsley, but but you're my friend. Well, I I, I mean I will admit to a certain paralysis of <laughs> action because like I don't know what to do. I don't really know what to say because I'm at the time I was ignorant in the ways of of you know people with down syndrome it's you, you sit there and you go like what do i do what can i do mm-hmm. and 
and the next day your life goes in a different direction mm -hmm. like life does mm -hmm. and and so I, that's what i remember is i remember this certain paralysis of how can i help and i realized i i don't even know how to address the question of how do i help well and i think that's a valid question and sometimes you can just ask you know how how can i help or what can i do for you and and that can that's going to look different for every person right like for me being a single mom i don't have a lot of free time yeah. or a lot of respite but you know i remember one christmas um i had always hoped that if, like in my paralysis that if you needed something or you know you would have called and said look i need help yeah you know and in the beginning in the first couple of years yes my family was big you know my my aunt she helped me out a lot she would come and watch Ainsley, but Ainsley was, she's a bigger kid and it was getting hard for her to lift her and, you know, cause Ainsley was a late walker. So that became more of a challenge. She also lives a little bit farther away. So distance is a, is, makes it just a little bit more difficult, but I know that she loves Ainsley and would do anything for her. And the same with my friends and my tribe. I know if I asked, cause sometimes you have to ask, cause like you said, don't know what to do. You're in this paralysis you know and sometimes you just have to put it out there and i see it on various facebook posts people say you know i know this other single mom one time she said who can who can watch this this kiddo tomorrow between whatever time it was and she got lots of responses you know because people i think sometimes they want to help but don't really know how to help you know, and, and, they, and oftentimes like in my case i don't even know how to ask how can i help because i don't know enough about what i can bring to the table mm-hmm but I mean, I think just us doing this, like this podcast, I mean, it was never on my radar to do this until we talked, but I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So that's, you know, that's something that you're helping with. You're helping to spread the word, you know, letting people know that Down syndrome isn't so scary, teaching what it is, what our life is like with a rocking kiddo and well, we're fortunate because we have like a really good listenership who have responded mm -hmm. and that makes it easier for me <laughs> certainly <laughs> because they give me ideas for questions they give you ideas for shows mm -hmm. yeah and how to reach out so you know th the whole tribe like we have it like let's let's face it we have this t21 mom tribe yeah of people now that, yes. that are listening and downloading and and responding to what you're you know your life and what you're doing so yeah and it's it's exciting it's exciting to see you know and obviously not everyone's going to go and make a podcast right well yeah. it, we, we didn't quite know what we were getting into when we started this either so no we didn't and, and we will certainly be talking about that on the final episode <laughs> which is coming up not too far from now but well the final episode for this series for this series yes yeah. yes of course we will be we will be back yes definitely we'll be back and and i'm excited for because there's so many stories to tell i know and that's what i love and it's exciting to to f learn about other people's stories and you know and also what are they doing to build their tribe what are they doing to build their their village my roommate actually at the retreat you know i i know that uh she lives in a small community and so the isolation is real and and you know she doesn't have a lot of support outside of her family and she's thought about just starting like a, a support group that I think, I don't know how often they're going to meet, maybe once a month, but just through Facebook. It's through the power of social media. 
you know, you can find people out there. They might not be exactly on the same journey as you. They might not, it might not be a child with Down syndrome, but maybe a child with some extra needs. If three hackers on a train can find each other. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and like even Susan, she told me after one of the episodes, she goes, you know, I could totally relate to the feelings of isolation because her sons, they're grown now, but you know, they did, and they're not special needs, but they did present her with some other challenges growing up and some difficulties. And, you know, for a while she was a single parent and she goes, you know, people couldn't relate to me. You know, I had a real feeling of isolation during some of those early years and it was tough. And so you don't need to necessarily have other special needs mamas. I mean, granted, it does help because they understand that other layer of you speak the language complexity. And yes, and they speak the language, as you said. But there are ways that you can find other people in your village or in your tribe to help build you up. Because especially if you're in a remote area there, you know, I've heard stories where your child is the only child that with special needs in the school. You know, and as I've said, oftentimes parents don't talk to me at the school I think part of it is they're just kind of like what you said the paralysis right maybe not so strong but well the paralysis of ignorance yeah and I I think that's exactly it the paralysis of ignorance that's yeah that's exactly right they just don't know but I just want people to know that you don't have to understand completely my life and you know just a simple hello how are things can go a very long way I really try to put that effort out when I do other when I do see other special needs parents out in the community, not necessarily with a child with Down syndrome. Until you built your tribe, was there a was there an isolation? Oh, definitely. And I mean, I still feel isolation at times, just because depending on whatever the day presents. Because you know, sometimes school is hard. We actually just got invited to a, a another schoolmate's birthday party, and again, I was so excited. You know, there's lots of kids there, but only two other kids and then plus Ainsley from the class, you know, and it just makes me good that parents are reaching out and accepting of Ainsley and inviting us and seeing that she's just like all the other kids. And I don't know, maybe their daughter is talking about Ainsley at home, you know, and I do see that dad mostly. I didn't even recognize the mom. It's the dad I always see at school, but, you know, and I always say hello and he says hi and, and then... We got invited to a birthday party. And I know for parents with typical kids, that's not such a big deal. But when you have a special needs kid, you know, that is one of my big fears is would Ainsley have friends in school? Will she get invited to parties? And she is. And that's pretty exciting. You know, that we can, we're doing things just like all the other kids. Typical kids. Just like all the other typical kids. And I think though it's, good to be able to get out and meet other parents i always say moms but i know there's dads listening too but because it was as you know as jen jacob said there's actually a dad's retreat too yeah which which is is growing in popularity yeah and there were some pictures that they were i think there was some video and they actually did some axe throwing and i thought that was pretty cool actually oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) sorry yeah yeah we the women's we we like to go for massage and go for drinks and we should give you a smash room (laughs) (laughs) there's a thought for the future Mm -hmm. tribes villages building them where do you start well you know if you really don't have anyone get online i think 
you can find an internet connection somewhere get online you know if you have a child with down syndrome go to the dsdn because i tell you there is over 50 subgroups there is something for everyone there there is a canadian subgroup that i'm obviously in there's you know a fitness one there's one for moms at home school there's one even called crunchy mums i'm not even exactly sure what that is but i think that's where they're you know very um i want to say granola like but i'm not even 100 sure honestly there's something for everyone there i think you can find something well i think in a past episode there was the mention of the newborn group which people come and go Exactly. So you can get into there's the pregnancy group. So there's the groups who have a prenatal diagnosis and then there's the birth groups that they divide, um, you know, every six months because your baby's going to be at different stages during those that first year. And that's a wealth of information. And then, you know, when you're ready, you can go to the retreat and you can meet all these other moms in real life. And I tell you, it's I want to say it's almost life changing. And I read. I, I know that we're recording this before the retreat. But only just before the retreat. Just before, <laughs> literally just before. And, you know, I know that the moms out there, they we're all just so excited to see each other in real life. And I know there's going to be a ton of tears, happy tears, of course, and, and lots of wine, <laughs> which I'm really looking forward to. But where you just go and meet your people, people where you don't, I think Jen, Jacob even said it, where you don't have to, you know, you're in the second chapter of your life or second season of your life. You don't need to catch anybody up because they know exactly where you're at and exactly what's going on in your life. And Best of friends who've never met. Pretty much, you know, and I'm so excited to see a lot of these amazing women, almost 800. It's going to be crazy. But I think, you know, your village, like it will change over time, but also, like, as you said, Marcy, one year asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I actually said, I want time. And her and her husband, Rick, they came and they watched Angelie for a couple hours so I could go get a massage because I just love to do that but never have time. And they brought dinner. I don't have to cook. As a single mom and a mom with a kid with special needs, if someone's going to feed me, I will be there. <laughs> and that was great. And sometimes that's just all you need is somebody asked and I told them and but perhaps you may maybe you need to tell somebody that I would love if you could come and watch my child for a couple hours just so I could go out maybe it's just to go do the shopping for the week or go and have a coffee on your own or meet with a friend where you don't have to worry about someone running off or well I know last you know last week we we were going to do something for a show and you said we were going to be rushed and it was like no take your time like we can put this off till next week yeah right. yeah and I thought oh, okay and actually it was a good thing because that was a crazy traffic day but yeah but just know. those just those little things like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you get this cancellation in your schedule and all of a sudden you've got this time that's not accounted mm-hmm. for and you can go hey it's me time yeah because it doesn't happen all that often yeah. and it, it's nice and you know before I could take Ainsley with me to a lot of things but I can't now because she's act pretty active and curious, curious, getting into and, things. And she's running now, which I Excellent. know Brenda is very excited about. <laughs> so, yeah, and we've been working on stairs a lot since we haven't had their, you know, physio for a couple of weeks because it's sort of the summer break. And she's doing really awesome, which I'm excited about, and I think Brenda will be too. And yeah, so it's just you know finding that time for you and and use your village for that too. It's 
you know, because I think whoever's in your village, they're there for a reason. They want to be in your village. And like, as you said, don't necessarily know what you need because probably most of them don't have a special needs child. So they don't really know what a, the day-to-day is like. But well, as I'm learning, it's like, as, as I'm learning through this, it's mm-hmm. the terminology is enough to put somebody to say, well, I, I said that wrong. I feel so bad. Mm-hmm. Right. But don't feel bad. We're more than happy to just say, rather than saying something like people with, you know, Down syndrome kids, it's kids with Down syndrome. Yes. Like, and the difference, like the difference for me is like every time it was like, you know, this took me, I don't know what it was, but six or seven weeks to get it through my head because I'm a slow learner. But it was once you make the, the once you learn, then you go, I can see the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that's awesome. That's great. And so that level of education, the quiet education, mm-hmm. made a difference to me in how I perceive and see. Yeah. And I must admit, I'm more in tune now with a lot of, not special needs communities, but special needs, the idea of special needs mm-hmm. and where you need to be kinder. Well, and I just think the world itself just needs to be kinder. But well, yeah. <laughs> but no, but I totally understand what you're yeah. saying because it's it's really scary for people. I, like for, less, like for me, it was less dismissive, mm-hmm. or that's not my problem. As to yeah. oh, just be kinder. Don't even think dismissal. Don't like it. It just mm-hmm. no longer crosses my mind. It's just about because know i have a very singular existence so it's it's sort of like not my problem not my problem not my problem that's my problem that's my problem but Mm -hmm. because in the special needs community it's still a little enclosed Mm -hmm. oh yeah and so as a typical individual Mm -hmm. you say oh there's people to look after that but the people that need to look after that is really us in the level in the level of if you can't help at least be kind Yes, that's exactly it, you know, because not everyone can help in whatever fashion. But I mean, I'm a lousy babysitter, right? But at the same time, it doesn't mean I'm not unaware of what your struggles are to find mm-hmm. a babysitter. Yeah, and right. but everyone can be kind. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Not just, oh, she needs a babysitter. Like, I don't, it's, it's more like, Jesus, too bad she's having problems getting a babysitter. <laughs> I'm just not the person who's cut out to be a babysitter. And that's totally fine, right? You can do other things. So you're right. Like, you know, my younger brother, I often ask him to watch Ainsley because his kids are closer in age. So it's just easier. I remember on a really early episode, his wife, Mary Lou, took their three kids and Ainsley all swimming. And she said they were all within an arm's reach. She goes, people are looking at us. (laughs) And she's going, what's one more kid? Kind of like Kelsey right? What's one more, you know, because it's just, it's almost easier when there's more kids instead of just one because they can entertain each other. And, and yeah, so you, you, you choose accordingly, right? There, and for, for us, like here, I, we have like a monthly play group that we go to. If you don't have that, why not create one? And it's, it's really awesome. I love seeing all the, the parents there and generally all the moms and the dads come and the kids all play and there's some snacks and it just gives you a time to breathe and because they're all in a closed enclosed area, although some like to try to get out the door, Ainsley being one of them. 
but you know, it gives you a, a little bit of time to breathe and to chat with other parents, see what they're So there's doing. the socialization and yeah. yeah. And you know, all So these are like the people from the tents three streets over. Yeah, and I mean and you speaking might speaking using the village metaphor. Yeah, I mean they might not even be three streets, maybe two because you might you're going to see them more frequently sometimes not just at the play group but at just at different events and and different things that are going on. I think as you said, like there's so many layers, so many different streets, you know, as part of your village, you just need to find at least one person. And I really hope that everyone has at least one person that they can go to or turn to for whatever it might be. With me being a single mom, I had two friends who, who have walked that path before me, but I also have other friends who have had children. So they, they, they know that path and you just need to find some just one person that you can have kind of like as a confidant or who will lend an ear when you need one or have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever it is that you choose or coffee whatever because we all we all need that at least one person just sort of outside of our immediate family that we can rely on or go to when sometimes when the days are tough or shoulder share and yes exactly yeah yeah so how over the years Ainsley is now going into grade two, mm-hmm. which makes her seven. She'll be seven in November, so she's okay. you know getting there. Six so nine. the last seven years, how has your tribe and your village changed? Yes, or, or evolved. In some ways, some ways it's gotten smaller, and some ways it's gotten bigger. Like for example, a lot of the people at my workplace they aren't there anymore or they've moved on to different departments or we're just working a different schedule so i don't see them as regularly and then but then i've got my longtime friends who i know we might not talk every day you know actually i don't think i talk to anyone except dennis every day but (laughs) you know but because that's just our life some days it's way it should be yeah but I could if I needed to, right? If I needed something or was having a hard day, I could go to Jen or Sue or Jill or Marcy, Maurice, any one of those. I don't see them necessarily all that often, but who I know would be there for me in a heartbeat. And then as Ainsley's gotten older, you know, I've been meeting other special needs moms. You know, we get together, we go to different events together, like the different variety events that Friday puts on. I go and I see Bobby and Michaela there all the time and we've become friends. Our daughters have different diagnoses. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be in the Down syndrome community, although I think we're probably one of the larger special needs communities. And and I love the Down syndrome club, if you want to call it that, the Down syndrome community. We always say it's the best club to be a part of that you never thought you wanted to be a part of. And just find your tribe that way and if you get online and and create your own if you don't have one because i'm pretty positive you will find somebody so online dsdn is a great place to start start yeah and you can always i often see posts are there any moms in this area or because you'll find you'll find somebody somewhere you know they again they might not have a child with down syndrome but maybe they have another child with some other special needs so that's dsdn.org right Yes, I think, and you can just Google them and easily find them. They're everywhere. Yes, so they're 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 everyone. They're everywhere. You just need to find people who can get you, right? Who, who allow you to be you, and 
and where you're able to put, you know, your guard down at times, like our play group, you know, we all get it. We're all on the same journey on the same road, you know, because as we all say, Down syndrome isn't all rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> it can be hard. <laughs> rainbows and unicorns. Oh, yeah. yes. yes. Yeah, DSDN is actually dsdiagnosisnetwork.org. Dot, dot org. That's yeah. right. So sorry about the mislabeling before. Well, it's and, easily Googleable. And we'll throw, it, we'll throw it in the show notes for this. Oh, awesome. Because, you know, they do such great work. You know, and I think part of your village and your tribe, it's also a, one element of self-care. And we're going to talk a bit more in a later episode about self-care because, but I think it's really intertwined, you know, having your village and your tribe. The retreat is self-care. 100,000%. Yes. Because, you know, it's really the only time that I get a real break of being mom for a few days. So, and this is the same for most of those moms there. So, I mean, it's a bit challenging for me with the respite, but we're finding ways to make it work. So going to be exciting and i will definitely report back yeah. looking forward to putting that show together wine excluded quick question about holidays how does your tribe change during the holidays with family and friends and well we went we had a little holiday that we go to every year up in timothy lake for anyone who's in bc it's just past hundred mile house and you know everyone and there's no there's no wireless service there there's, there's no cell phone service there's nothing there's nothing and so we're just on the lake in some cabins and it's fantastic and you know we've been going since Ainsley was a baby and so the kids that have been going they've essentially been growing up with her and same with the parents and stuff so it's like my little community up there my little tribe we're all sort of watching out for each other because the lake is right there and that always makes me a little nervous that Ainsley is just gonna gun it to get in there because she will try because she's a swimmer because she's a swimmer thanks to Brenda but it's it's a time to also just you know I can sit back and relax a little bit a little and and Dennis came as well this year and uh, we just have a really great time. You know, there's no electronics. We're sitting around the campfire and that's good. It's good for the soul. It's good for the heart. It's good to just to kind of let your hair down for a little while and away from any kind of electronics because you don't realize how much it's a part of your life and every day. And it's just kind of nice to let that all go to the wayside for a little while. And what about holidays like Christmas, Easter, like big family holidays it's party season mm -hmm. but how how does this work for you if you want to go to like your office christmas party or if mm -hmm. or the i don't know if your organization does a family christmas party they used to i don't think they do one any more just i think it was just challenging for people to get out to it but for me i have to find respite and so that as a single parent respite is being a, daycare, well, daycare essentially yeah and so that's can always be a little bit challenging and as it's also you know because i have to pay somebody so there's all those added layers so that sometimes makes it difficult to, to get out i do have a few uh, friends that do watch ainsley so that's that's great for me because you do need to have that downtime you do need to have that time where you're not a mom or a dad you, you just need some adult time and it's hard when the when your kids are young because I like I do feel like we're just kind of emerging from the trenches in the last year or so 
but it's important to do that. And those people are also another part of your tribe. They may not be your inner tribe or your inner village, but you need to go and have adult time and go out with your friends. And, you know, I can't do it all the time, but I do try to get out a little bit here and there. And once in a while, Dennis and I go out, you know, so. Yeah. Well, you got to go to the Paul McCartney concert. Yes, that was fantastic. So that was, didn't you do Oprah as well? I did Oprah. Yes, uh, I think it was actually a week or two before I went with uh, one of my sister-in-laws. Uh, Mary Lou couldn't make it, but my other sister-in-law, Kay, and my aunt, we went, and it was it was it was pretty amazing. I that was sort of a bucket list item. So and and the Paul McCartney item, uh, concert was pretty amazing. I don't think I have smiled throughout an entire concert like that. And he played. I think it was. I, th- I want to say, I think it was three hours nonstop. And he wow. is like, I think he's 75 or something crazy. I couldn't believe it when we looked it up. So yeah, definitely recommend that. That was a pretty awesome concert, even if you're not a huge Beatle fan. But you're getting out. You're not, you're not, every yes. night is not family night. Like every night is, you're, you're getting out, you're doing your adulting. Yes. And, and I do try to go my knit group, my knitting group once a week. I can't always get there, but and I do enjoy going to that and and uh hopefully i'll have a finished product soon to show off <laughs> and we'll post some pictures on the t21 mom t21 mom facebook page okay for sure so <laughs> awesome so let's ask the listeners what they've done with their tribe and their village and let us know either comment on the webpage page uh, t21mom.com or send us an email info at t21mom.com mm-hmm. and Tell us your story. Yes, I would love to hear what people are doing to build their their village, their tribe, because everyone's village and tribe is going to look a little bit different. And maybe you can give some good ideas to other people out there. And I would love to share your stories of what you're doing, what's worked for you, maybe what hasn't worked for you, and how you're building that village. Yep, because everybody has one. Everybody whether you're special, your special needs family, or whether you're an average family or mm-hmm. typical family, our focus is on the special needs side for the Down syndrome, but or for Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and let us know. You know, we were we are very interested in hearing your stories. Our stories are one thing. We really want to hear your stories mm-hmm. because the broader base that we can reach with telling stories makes us more effective at telling everybody's story. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely want to hear what works for other people and and what they have done and maybe some of the challenges you faced because everybody's making it up one day at a time sometimes that's how you got to do it (laughs) okay why don't you lead us on out thanks for listening to the t21 mom podcast and as ron said i would love to hear from you we'd love to hear your stories drop us a line at info at t21mom.com or find us on facebook also at t21 mom you can also find me on instagram and Twitter at Trisomy21Mama. What things are important to you as you navigate this journey of special needs and Down syndrome? How are you doing things your way? Drop us a line and keep on loving on your rocking kiddos. We'll see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron. Bye.